0: Welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue, your series-by-series check-in for Cubs news, notes, and banter. We're an official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, which is part of the SB Nation family of team sites, and you can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. You can also find us on BleedCubbyBlue.com, and we blast out every episode and related content from our Twitter, at Cup of Cubby Blue. I'm Sarah Sanchez, and I write about the Cubs for Bleed Cubby Blue. Hi guys,
1: I'm Andy Cruz-Vanasek, and boy, am I happy to be home.
0: (laughs) By home, you mean like the Cubs are home, not like like you are always home.
1: Yes, that is what I mean.
0: Yeah, so before we get to the fact that the Cubs are like an unstoppable force at Wrigley Field, I have to have a moment of grief, and and I'll try to keep it brief, but I, I can't with Wilson Contreras and his hamstring. I'm so sad like I almost couldn't even cheer for Albert Almora Jr's home run cuz I was so devastated that Wilson was hurt and he looked so sad and upset and I it broke my heart I just I I it literally just like pit in my stomach everything collapsed sad <laughs> I was sitting at John Baker Day and We're just lucky that didn't happen during that live podcast we were recording. That's all I'm going to say because I would not have been able to go on. I would have had to be like, I'm sorry, guys. I have to to leave the stage.
1: Um, Yeah. Let me just tell you that the second I saw that happen, I was like, this is not good this is not good at all. And then when you see him go in the dugout and throw his batting gloves down and basically pull his shirt over his face, you know that it's not good. So no. I I thought of you. I mean, obviously I love Wilson. Um he's such an integral part of this team, but I knew that my my love Sarah was having a hard time with this and I I was thinking about you, but you know at the same time, I mean, I know there's plenty of us that have two hamstrings that we would be willing to donate to to Wilson if he needed them. So gosh, I hope he comes back quickly because we certainly need that guy.
0: Oh, he, he can totally have my hamstring, like whatever part of the hamstring is hurt. Like I will, I, like I, totally 100% our hamstring transplants a thing. I will totally do that. Um, and, and I've seen that on Cubs Twitter too. Like this is like a real thing. All of us are willing to give you our hamstrings. Um, Yeah. So that is a true bummer. I will say it did not look quite as bad as when he hurt his hamstring almost two years ago, exactly, in 2017. With, when that happened, if you remember, the Cubs were playing the Nationals, and he couldn't put any weight on his leg when he came off the field. He basically had to be carried off. This time, he he walked off under his own power. He was putting weight on the leg, but it was pretty clear it was a hamstring injury, and he'll have an MRI On Monday in Chicago, and we'll know more, Taylor Davis has been called up in the interim, and interestingly, one of the tidbits that Al tweeted out today, uh, Kyle Schwarber was spotted with a catcher's mitt in the outfield today at Wrigley Field, so um, those of you who want to see Kyle Schwarber get some reps at catcher, (laughs) we're not far away from that.
1: Jeez. Yeah. And you know, I had a exchange with, um, Tony and from, um, I guess, NBC sports Chicago. Um, I just, it, this is the timing of this is really unfortunate. I mean, obviously there's never a good time, but being that we just, um, just traded out Maldonado, who obviously that trade comes into play right now. Um, It just, the whole thing is just really, really sucks because, you know, obviously we're hitting a stride right now with being home, playing a team that we really needed to beat at least two out of three and ended up sweeping. And you want to leave this series on a good note. And it's just hard because you know how big of a loss someone like Wilson Contreras is. And, um, you know, it kind of does some funky things to the lineup if you think about it, because I noticed, I saw a couple of people, noticing the fact that Anthony Rizzo was looking a little off today as far as, you know, typically you see him go first to third on a couple of the hits that he stopped at second. He was, he is pretty slow, but he's not (laughs) as slow as we saw him run today. So I don't know if that's just a matter of fatigue or if something's bothering him, but obviously he probably could have used a day off in the next you know, week and with now Caratini having to man the majority of the time behind the plate, you don't know when that's going to happen. So, and you know, Taylor Davis can play first too. But you know, if Taylor Davis was the best option, he would have been on the major league roster before Maldonado was traded to us. So, I think um, you know this is gonna, this is really gonna challenge these guys, and we're gonna see some interesting thing happen. Things happen, I think, in the lineup over the next few days. Um just hoping that we get some positive news on Wilson and we can continue to rake because this this Cubs team is definitely the one that I love cheering for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. A couple of final notes there. So one interesting note that we talked about at John Baker Day, I was having this conversation uh, with Luis and Michael from Bleacher Nation. Um, Jonathan Lucroy was recently DFA'd by the Angels. I have no idea if he'll pass through waivers all the way down to the Cubs, but that's a potentially really interesting option. If Theo is so inclined to go try to pick up Lucroy off waivers, he wouldn't be eligible for the postseason because of the new roster rules, but he would certainly be helpful in August while Wilson is out uh rehabbing his hamstring, which I imagine is probably a four to six week type of thing. It almost always is with hamstrings. Um, additionally, Chris Bryant was not in the lineup on Sunday either, and there were rumors that it was a knee thing. He was day-to-day. But, like, that was coupled with news after the game that you Darvish came out after the fifth because he's been ill and was feeling kind of gassed. And apparently Kyle Schwarber and somebody else I am blanking on are not Chatwood. feeling great. Chatwood. Tyler Chatwood, thank you. Are not feeling great, too. And I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> like The flu is sweeping the Cubs. And Wilson's hamstring is broken. And KB is broken. Well, <laughs> I just, and yikes. not to,
1: I wanted to add one more detail to what you mentioned about Jonathan Lickroy because I was all about that, um, option as well until I read today that the Cubs obviously would be responsible for his entire paycheck, which is north of $3 million. So, um, being that we heard all about the budget constraints right before the deadline, they made some exceptions because obviously there were some glaring holes. This I think would be another time to um, go ahead and, and, and have another exception on, you know, where we tighten the, the purse strap, so to speak. But I, I don't know that, that that's going to happen. Cause that seems like a lot for somebody that's not even going to be eligible to help us in the postseason. I didn't realize that he wouldn't be able to. I thought I read that he could, but I guess it's only if it's a minor league deal, what he would be able to.
0: Yeah. The new rules are kind of, my understanding of the new rules is that he would have had to have been traded to the team um, and be part of the roster, the 40 man roster before July 31st. Okay. Um, And then since he wouldn't be, he wouldn't be eligible. Although admittedly, this is our first year with these rules. So if I'm off about something there, I'm happy to be corrected. Um, But the, so my understanding was that it would be a pickup that you would do solely to get through this push in August while you're down your starting catcher. And frankly, like, I don't want, obviously, it's not my money. And, you know, but I'm all about spending the Ricketts money. Like, I think $3 million, like, just do it. Right. (laughs) Oh, 100%. Between the postseason and not like $3 million plus whatever tax, like, just do it, please. Like, I, if Taylor if the team loses because Taylor Davis is the catcher for x number of games or whatever I I don't know I just you almost feel like that would be one of those things you couldn't forgive yourself for
1: well and that was kind of the argument I was having with Tony Andraki because um he made the point that Caratini is a very good catcher and Taylor Davis is good defensively and I'm like but time out if Taylor Davis was all that good and we had that much faith in him then why did we go out and get Maldonado like why was that a trade so to me it it just seems like this we cannot be happy with this setup yes Taylor Davis might work in a game or two but I don't think if this thing is going to last four to six weeks that he is who you want to have as a backup at all and I just, I don't see them sitting on this. I think we'd end up with somebody like a Jonathan Lucroy before it's all said and done. And I don't think the price tag on that is going to matter. But again, you know, I, I I don't have GM or team owner on my resume anywhere. So um, <laughs> you would hope that the dollar amount is not the reason why that that stops them because you just never know. I mean, something like that can be the difference of a game. You know, if it's a close game, that that can be... You know, that uh, it just, it it can, it can be a problem. So I really hope that they see that this is something they need to address and like quickly, but I want to look because I feel like if they, if they pick him up and put him in the minors to begin with, I think he is eligible for postseason. I'm and almost I, positive that's the way. I mean, I, read I don't. It, I, I certainly I don't have the
0: ability to verify it right now. My understanding <laughs> was that it wouldn't be. But so, Sorry. <laughs> uh, some, somebody on Twitter can tweet that at us when you figure out that we were right or and or wrong about <laughs> this rule. Um, let's talk about good things at the moment. Uh, the Cubs did sweep the Brewers, so even though we started with some bad news, that was a great series from the Cubs. The bats were incredible. Um, and I uh, I mean, the Brewers are in a rough spot right now. I think they are four games back and only one game over 500 after being swept by the Cubs. and the Cubs looked solid in so many different ways during this series. Game one, uh, Jason Hayward, lead off home run. <laughs> and not the only time he would do it in the series, which I think is in- is incredible. I, I I looked at his numbers at lead off and they're not great. I'm not entirely sure he's the leadoff answer three-game small sample size looking different, notwithstanding. Um, but they still don't have a leadoff guy. So if it's worked for three games, see how long you can ride it and let it go. What were you thinking about Jason Hayward at leadoff, Andy? Well, I hope somebody checked
1: on Kato Kalen because this series <laughs> – He's was... not doing well. No, I know. He is – he's he's poop emojing all over the place. It, yeah, he was... also wants
0: to sell the Brewers for 99 cents.
1: Yeah, well I... – <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh at someone else's pain, but it's kind of good that it's not mine. So um, yeah, Jason Hayward at leadoff. Are you joking right now? Like, why would we, first of all, two games out of this series, he let off with a home run. He is... I don't know. I didn't think he could look any different as far as like what we've been getting this season, but I feel like he took on a whole nother like look this weekend. Like there was just such a swagger about him. Um, and I don't mean to jump to game three, but just kind of what I'm referring to, like he got um, he struck out on a changeup, I believe by the the pitcher today who is, uh, was a minor league pitcher coming in, got just, Just got traded, yeah. yeah, Just got traded to Milwaukee, and it was a really good pitch. And he got he got took on it pretty good. And he literally took his helmet off and tipped his helmet at the pitcher, like right there in the batter's box. Saw that. That was great. I'm like, how freaking awesome is this? Like, I am so I am so happy on a daily basis that he wears a Cubs uniform. But just things like that that you don't see. It's so very old school and so like very. You know, I'm not too proud to say that you just took me because, you know, I, I kind of owned you in my first two at bats. So um, I just just like that to me, I I just I love gosh, I love him so much. But I just feel like he looked really different this series. And I feel like this might be a good fit for him now. Like, yes, his numbers leading up into this point at leadoff were not good, but I kind of feel like he feels like everyone is kind of changing what their role is with this team based on the new faces. So why shouldn't I let me take on a new role? Let me fill this, this void, because obviously we didn't pick somebody up that could come in and be leadoff. You know, we got Nicholas Castellanos who can be number two, but we don't have a solid number one. So maybe I should just go ahead and take on that role. So we'll see, but I mean, he looked amazing.
0: So two Nick, Nicholas Cassiano's notes, and I, I don't really know what to do here. So on uh, BCB in the game thread today, I found out that the BCB crew is calling him Nick the Stick. <laughs> Why? I'm, like, I'm so torn. Well, hold on. I'm so torn because well, because he has a good bat and he like hits the ball really hard. But I'm so torn because I know he wants to be called Nicholas, but Nicholas the Stick does not work. But Nick the <laughs> Stick is a pretty great nickname. And I... I don't know. I'm like, can we... I I want, like, a a special dispensation to call him Nick the Stick, because I think it's such a great nickname. Also, it's, like, got kind of that gangster vibe going on, and this whole, like, open shirt, like, no undershirt gold chain thing he has going on is awesome. It's incredible. I'm here for it, and I'd like him to keep doing it.
1: Listen, I loved that the second I saw it I was like he's got his own look he's got his own thing going on it's it's ridiculous I love it like totally brought like a whole nother like version of Javi Baez to the team you know what I'm saying like it's totally like a Javi thing um I here's my deal unless you're going up to Nicholas and speaking to him face to face I think you're a okay calling him
0: Nick the stick because he's more than earned that yeah (laughs) great yeah totally (laughs) You hear that BCB readers, we're gonna we're we're gonna keep calling him Nick the stick in the game threads. It's gonna be good. Yeah, I'm I'm all here for that. Nicholas, <laughs> you are Nick the Stick. <laughs> <laughs> um so the Brewers did tie this game early on or with a home run. Um it this is still game one, by the way. We're back to game one. <laughs> um, and I felt like this was a theme. It felt like the Cubs would get an early lead, the Brewers would tie it, and then the Cubs, bats would just erupt in the later innings and put the game out of reach. And I loved that. I, I loved seeing them put together hit after hit, doing it with home runs, doing it with smart base running. It was great.
1: Uh yeah. I mean, that's what this team should be doing every single game. Like maybe a couple home runs and a couple manufactured runs. Smart base running, smart you know, um, just smart play all around, and that had been lacking in the St. Louis series, so it was good to see that they hadn't completely lost it. Um, apparently, it's just something that goes away when they go on a plane. So yeah, I,
0: I feel like, okay, so I have an idea here. I think they should take, like, you know, like a a cutting of the ivy or something with them on road trips and, like, put it in the dugout. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, we're going to bring a piece of Brigley Field with us, maybe, like, a little vial of dirt or something. Just something. So... I- I I think that this would be like a way to keep home field advantage away.
1: Oh my gosh. So I read one of our followers said um, that we needed to tear down like just a section of the Ivy off the wall (laughs) and take it to the visiting parks that we go to and staple it to their outfield wall. Like (laughs) how amazing would that be?
0: All right. So Cubs fans out there, if you happen to live in one of these markets (laughs) that is not Chicago, and you have any small piece of Wrigley Field that you can bring with you to a game. So, like, tape it to a sign and bring it with you and be like, it's a home game. <laughs> and let's see what happens. I'm oh going to be looking goodness. for this during the Red Series. This should happen. They should just bring Wrigley Field with them. Listen, desperate times call for desperate measures. We
1: cannot be this dominant team at home and then basically be the Marlins on the road. Like, we just can't. This is not Okay. <laughs> Yeah, the there has got to be something in between.
0: Play. It's terrible. Ugh. Uh, he was great, by the way. He pitched six innings, he only gave up two runs, they were both earned. He had five strikeouts in game two. We got Cole Hamels back, and he's still doing Hamill's thing. He looked so good. Can we talk about Cole Hamels for a second?
1: Um, <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I am so happy that Cole Hamill's is back, and I'm like. He He's such a great pitcher. I love watching him strike guys out. He's such a professional, and I just – I'm here for Cole Hamels being back. Five innings pitch, six Ks, no walks, uh, no runs given up. Welcome back, Cole Hamels.
1: I mean, you never have to ask me if we can talk about Cole Hamels, okay? I am so excited that he's back also. Like, just seeing him on the mound, these guys adore him. Like, I don't know if you saw the embrace between him and Rizzo in the dugout. when. Oh my gosh, how amazing was that? It was
0: just like, it was like, aww.
1: They really do love each other. Like it's just, it's such a refreshing thing to see him back on the mound and, and being who he was right where he left off. So, and that's exactly what we need, you know, and you kind of don't expect that. Like you kind of feel like you're going to come back and maybe have a eh, start where you're just, you know, getting back in the swing of things, but no, he just came back in and just continued to, to pitch like he was pitching when he, when he left. So, you know, all for it. Thank you, Cole Hamels. We'll see you at your next start. Let's just go ahead and keep rolling.
0: Yeah, so Braun, again, tied this game in the sixth, and then the Cubs came back. Um, but I want to talk about Albert Almora Jr. for a second because he has taken so much grief uh, early in the season. He has not been hitting well. People have been, like, real concerned about his bat. And I just want to point out something. Over the last 14 days, Almora is slashing three o 308, 296, 654, and he kind of looks like a totally different hitter. And I really – I would love nothing more than for Albert Almora Jr. to go on a tear because the gu- the glove plays. The glove is great. And maybe he just needs to be platooned against favorable pitching matchups. I don't know. But I think that he could be a real difference maker, particularly now that the Cubs can platoon him with Hap.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if those two – I don't know the situation with those two but I I feel like he Elmora plays better when Hap is around. I just I just kind of feel like that's been the case. Now, I don't I don't have numbers in front of me saying that that's, you know, that's the case, but I feel like maybe like the competition level between the two and it just, you know, friendly competition push, pushing each other to be better because, you know, of the two of them, you know, they they probably are fighting for the same playing time. So, other than the matchups and that sort of thing, I just I love how he's been playing. He's such an easy guy to cheer for, Um, and I love him. I love him on defense, you know. So you like to see the back come around a little bit and at least be somewhat productive. So this has been really refreshing to watch, and I'm happy that he's he's putting up some good numbers. So I'm I'm gonna definitely keep an eye on that because that's something that you want to see continue. You don't want to see him lose any playing time because he's already not getting the amount that you know he probably wants. So it's good to see him put some numbers up. It's good to see him produce a little. So I'm here for that too.
0: Totally. Game three, you Darvish, another incredible start. Uh, the loudest you chant that I've ever heard at Wrigley. And I just want to say, so in my Cubs preseason preview this year, uh, I did it a little differently. I, I had haikus this year and my you Darvish haiku had the line turn you, turn booze into use. And he has done that. He, in the second half this year, he has turned the booze into use, and I love it. It's great. He's been doing such an incredible job. Keep it up, you Darvish. I mean, he gave up a solo shot today. That is what it is. I'll take a solo shot over a walk any day. And can, okay, on walks, can we talk about this no walk streak thing that the Cubs starters are doing? The Cubs starters have not walked anyone in six games. That's that's
1: far and away different than what we were used to at the beginning of this season or even last season i guess
0: so so can i blow your mind with something on that number for a minute i'm on it go
1: i love it do it
0: that hasn't happened since 1905 <laughs> wow wow and you know that all of them are out there right now like i'm not going to be the guy that gives up a walk <sighs> that's insane Right. I mean, that's even longer ago than 1908. Yeah, totally. This is like right before the Cubs were about to win their first World Series. I mean, this is incredible. This streak is nuts, and I love it. And I just want to see it continue because when when the starters aren't walking people, it makes it really difficult for teams to get early leads against the Cubs. You know, they have to make contact, and they have to make good contact that drops. Well, and that – and it just – they they take on a whole different mind
1: mind frame, I think, when they are out there and they know that this is what's happening. They know the other guys aren't doing it. So like you said, I'm not going to be the one that's going to do it. I'm not going to be the first one that gives up a walk in six games. Um, I do want to say something about you that I am thoroughly impressed with because I had no idea. I could not tell at all that he was under the weather, that he was ill right i that impresses me that actually makes me very happy because that is telling me right now all those people that were talking about you know when he had the legitimate injury last year and people were like oh he's not hurt he's just you know he just can't hack it he's just not not a good pitcher blah 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 this t- this should tell you something If you were one of those people that had a lot to say when he was injured, legitimately injured last year, and you're not recognizing the fact that he played sick today and played five crazy good innings, like you need to just go ahead and chew on that crow because this dude (laughs) is amazing. I mean, he's been killing it and I had no idea that he didn't feel good today and he was still, and let me tell you that solo shot that he gave up to Yelich in the first inning That was a really good pitch. It was a great pitch. That was a good pitch. I thought the same thing. Yeah, and Yelich hit that opposite field into the wind. I mean, on the outside of the zone, it would have been a strike. You know, any other batter is not touching that. So for for five minutes, any of you folks that have a hard time giving him credit or saying that you're happy he's one of our pitchers, you need to just recognize the fact this dude was – superb today and he was superb while he was ill so I mean I'm just I'm so happy that we're getting this you and like I I said today I will say at every start that he performs even remotely close to this those yous better get louder and louder because this (laughs) dude deserves every minute of it
0: totally well the other guy who had a great game today who was playing under the weather was Chatwood and you know they both they combined for a great game so Props to the guys who struggled in 2018 who really just came through to end the series with a win. Yeah, I feel like this was
1: like 2018 redemption game.
0: Totally, I I I was
1: really excited for Tyler Chatwood too. He looked
0: great. Okay, uh, we need to take a quick break for our sponsors. On the flip side, we are going to talk about Ben Zobris' return in South Bend and take a look at the athletics coming to Wrigley on Monday. And we're back. Before we jump into these three games against the Athletics, who are a very good team playing some really good baseball right now, uh, I just want to take a second and comment on Ben Zobrist is back playing baseball. How great is that? Well, and he's
1: playing decent too. Like he had a couple hits today. I know I don't know what he went yesterday, but he had a couple hits today. He's, you know, every time I've seen a picture or a video of him, he's had a smile on his face you know, he's making solid contact. When I was watching um, the video, I actually got a live feed of video of him in the batting cage. And he just looks like himself. I mean, there's nothing, you know, he doesn't look like he's lost or gained any weight. He looks like his normal self. He's approaching fans and signing autographs for days. I mean, I just can't wait to have this dude back. Like, I'm just ready to have him here now.
0: Yeah, that smile really tells you everything you want to know. And there's a video going around that Madeline Kenny posted and it's outstanding showing him like asking the security if he can sign autographs and where he should stand. And he stands there and signs as many autographs as people want. And it's, you can just tell he's having a blast. And I remember seeing him do that at Wrigley field as well. He was always out there signing a few balls after the game or before the game. And I love it. It's one of my favorite things about him as a player. He's so generous with his time He's, he likes to connect with the fans and seeing him out there, truly enjoying the game and smiling and making a fans day, just I, it, all the feels. I cannot wait for him to be back in Chicago.
1: Well, it wasn't at Halloween a couple years ago that he took his kids trick-or-treating and on the way home, like he basically had people, like if they wanted autographs, they lined up on Halloween with his family, like basically there and was signing autographs for like 45 minutes or something ridiculous. I'm like, this I dude know- is- yeah he's just amazing like I'm just he's not even it's not even that he's a good baseball player or that he's a Chicago Cub he's like a good genuinely amazing human like (laughs) and the fact that he is you know in the spotlight and is a professional athlete and gets to like do all these things and make this these impressions on these people it just it makes me so happy because there's not enough Ben Sobers in this world and you know I'm just I just can't wait to have him back in 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 the majors. And I know his teammates are anxious too. We've heard a lot of people say that they just can't wait to, to have his presence. So I'm ready. Come on back.
0: Yeah, totally. The quotes from some of his teammates looking forward to his return were outstanding. The last note I'll say here, cause there was video of it and I loved it is that Ben Zobrist apparently has a new walk-up song and it is can't stop by the red hot chili peppers, which is one of my favorite running songs. And I think is like, what a great walk-up song for everything that he's gone through in 2019. I just love it.
1: Yeah, that's pretty legit. I'm I'm I like look forward to the minute that he goes up to bat at Wrigley Field playing a new walk-up song.
0: There's gonna be all kinds of happiness going on right then. Oh, it's gonna be wild. I cannot wait. I I don't know what day that's gonna be. I'm gonna make some guesses and try to get some tickets, but I will be there. It's gonna be awesome. Uh
1: oh, jealous.
0: Maybe you'll be there. Maybe. All right. Before you get jealous and sad, let's talk about (laughs) this athletic series. So the Oakland A's are headed to Wrigley for a three-game set. This is a really good Oakland team, and they got better at the trade deadline. Frankly, I mean, if they were in the Cubs division, they would have like a 10-game lead in the division, and I know that doesn't really work that way because they have different competition, and they're not playing in as competitive of a division, but this is a solid team that we don't really see a lot of. So... Um, the pitching matchups for this series are interesting. We have Chris Bassett, who is a right-hander with a 3.84 ERA and 96 strikeouts this season, going up against Kyle Hendricks on Monday. Uh, Brett Anderson, who was the former Cub who complained loudly about how Wrigley Field and the Cubs were bad for him and that the only reason he was bad in uh, 2017 was because of Cubs mismanagement, will be going up against John Lester on Tuesday. I have tickets for this game, and I want nothing more than the Cubs to demolish Brett Anderson and John Lester to just shut down the A's because those comments made me so cranky back in the day. And then Homer Bailey, who was a red and has kind of bounced around a little bit, will be going up against Jose Quintana on Wednesday. Andy, I already told you which of these matchups I am most interested in. It is definitely Tuesday. What about you? Um, You know, I...
1: I really am looking forward to this series for a number of different reasons. I do have to thank the Oakland Athletics, though, because they took care of business these past two games against the Cardinals. And all of a sudden now, all the text messages from my friends here in St. Louis have stopped because they're looking up (laughs) at us again. See, this is why you people don't talk smack, because the second you do, you don't know what's going to happen. You guys are a game and a half back now. How do you like them apples? I don't talk smack. I don't talk smack. Cause I don't know what's going to happen. So anyways, thank you, Oakland. Um, besides that point, I'm actually looking forward to the, the matchup with Homer Bailey. I feel like, um, the last couple of times we saw him when he was with the Reds, we, we had some, some pretty good outings. Now I can't even remember who was in our lineup when that happened, but, um, it's always nice to see a familiar face. You know, I, I was a little nervous with an Oakland team that I'm not familiar with bringing a bunch of names that, you know, are a bunch of like TBD type guys that are sure. going to come in and, and own us. But when you see people like Brett Anderson and Homer Bailey, I, I kind of like our odds in this series. So yes, they are definitely a tough team. They're definitely going to um, bring a, a different look to to what the, the Cubs have seen, but I'm, I'm totally feeling good about this. Brett Anderson, um, He, I don't know, never been a fan. He's kind of somebody that I'm surprised he's not hurt. Um, But (laughs) it's just, you know, it's one of those things. Like you kind of feel like he's going to come into Wrigley and I'm sure that he didn't have a ton of friends on the Cubs team just the way that he was because he was kind of somebody that rather than kept things internalized, he liked to speak to the media about stuff that was really none of his business to talk about. And so, you know, there might be a little chip on the shoulder with some of these guys w- towards him and um I'm I'm all about that. I love that. Uh and Homer Bailey, like I said, we we've seen him a couple times so I really I like our chances a- in this series and I'm looking for two out of 3.
0: Yeah, I think two out of 3 would be outstanding. I mean, obviously, if the Cubs keep playing like they played against the Brewers, they can absolutely sweep this series, but this is going to be a tough one. This is a team that is definitely looking at the postseason and got better at the trade deadline. So I'm curious what's going to happen here. Um, The guy who has been really hot for the athletics recently is Marcus Simeon, and he is slashing 293, 442, 512 over the last two weeks. He's got a WRC plus of 161 during that time. He's also just an exceptional shortstop. Uh, He's really fun to watch on defense, so I'll be keeping an eye on him. Uh, Matt Olson is also doing all right recently. One guy who is not performing really well over the last two weeks is Matt Chapman, who is their all-star third baseman. And I kind of hope he keeps that up for the next at least three days. (laughs) I'm like, you can get hot again after you leave Chicago, Matt Chapman. Keep that 136, 235, 318 going while you're here in Chicago.
1: Well, and another name that Chicago fans might recognize is Steven Piscotty. He was a Cardinal for a few seasons and um, definitely has seen all of these pitchers while he was in a Cardinal uniform. So he will definitely know what he's up against. Um, It doesn't have good numbers against John Lester, but um, pretty decent numbers against uh, Hendricks and Quintana. So we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening there. But he's definitely somebody to keep an eye on because he, you know, did pretty well against the Cubs when he played for the Cardinals, but again, you know, when you change teams and you're facing different people all the time, you just never know, you know, what they bring to the, bring to the plate. So keep an eye out for him too. Cause obviously he's, he's very familiar with this team.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I totally, I can't believe that I blanked on the fact that Steven Piscotti is playing for the athletics. I do, you know, I do want to say, and obviously this isn't new news. This is back a while, but I thought it was such a classy thing that the Cardinals traded him to Oakland to be closer to his mom when that happened. It's not often that baseball coincides with like just the right thing to do. Sometimes it feels like competitive stuff gets in the way and the right thing to do gets lost. And that was an instance where it definitely was exactly the right thing to do. And I was so, those um, images in the video of his mom watching him play before she passed in Oakland were, that was incredible.
1: Uh, that was great. yeah, oh definitely. And Oakland has has you know been very good to him and taken care of him and um, yeah, stuff like that just does not happen every day. And it doesn't matter what uniform you have on if a team makes something like that happen, you definitely you know you have to pay the utmost respect to that because that is just, like you said, it's not something that happens often. And when you can see fit to, to make that work, it's just, it's amazing. You know, the memories that he has because of that, he'll cherish forever. So that's for sure a a good human note to have.
0: Absolutely. Is there anything else you're looking for as the athletics head to Wrigley field? What, what are you hoping for the Cubs outside of two out of three? I mean,
1: we just, we go back on the road Thursday. So we got to kind of, we got to get these wins in when we can. And obviously we're putting the right arms out there. Our whole starting pitching staff has just been ridiculous and that, you know, you cannot say a bad thing about them right now. So as long as we can ride their, their coattails and, and our offense can kind of follow suit and stay hot. I'm all about two out of three. Heck, if we can sweep this, that would be great because like I said, we go back on the road and you just don't know what you're going to get when you get the road Cubs. I mean, it's just, it's so sad and it's like mind boggling, but it's like, if we can be happy and excited for a couple more games
0: (laughs) before we become
1: the visitors, then I'm all for it. So I'm really excited about this because I love playing teams that we don't see very often. And so it's kind of fun to, to see, to get some new players on the field and that sort of thing. But at the same time, I just want to keep crushing. So let's, let's do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Interestingly, the road cubs will also be against our nemesis Reds, So we'll see how that goes, but that's more for next episode. Before we talk about uh, next week and sign off, I just want to say it was a real pleasure to hang out at John Baker day I got to do a live podcast with a bunch of other Cubs bloggers, including Michael Serrani and Luis Medina from Bleacher Nation outside the Ivy. Um, Corey Fitterin from Ivy Envy hosted. It was really, really fun. And I had uh, they were kind enough to send me the live audio for that and the link to it. So I tweeted that from our at Cup of Cubby Blue account on Sunday afternoon check it out if you get a minute I think it was a great conversation with some really smart Cubs fans and it's pretty it's pretty fun to have the live audience who's watching the Cubs game as we're recording because you can hear reactions real time to both what we're saying and what the Cubs are doing oh
1: man yeah that I'm sure that's Kind of all over the place too, because you probably can't really figure out what point of the game you guys are at. So it, it would probably be fun to try and match that up.
0: <laughs> well, you you can because there's this collective groan at one point when the game gets tied, and I believe somebody says exactly what just happens. <laughs> oh, okay, just like back oh, it back from that. It's pretty clear what just happened, but yeah, beyond that, you can't really tell. It's just kind of us reacting to things. But that w- that was really fun. It was for a great cause uh raised a bunch of money for the Chicago Metropolitan Women's Battered Women's Shelter, and I was really excited to do that. So if you have some extra podcast time this week after you listen to this episode of Cup of Cubby Blue, just definitely check that out.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I hope to be there next year. It sounds like it was a great time, and thank you for representing
0: us well. Oh, absolutely. I was missing you the whole time. I was like, my partner in crime is not here. Um, <laughs> I was there in spirit. I know, I know. I can't wait to have you come back next month. Uh, That's really it for us right now. I thank you all for listening, and we will be watching to see what happens as the Athletics head to Wrigley. We will also have an episode for you on Wednesday to look ahead to the Cubs visiting their nemesis in Cincinnati and try to figure out what we can do to stave off the return of the Road Cubs. Till then, have a great week. Bye.